just thank you for another day. God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus and we thank you, God, for just a moment to declare your truth. Father, we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, powers and principalities, rulers of the darkness. But God, we come this morning putting on the whole arm of God that we might be able to withstand in this evil day. 
So Lord, we ask God in the name of Jesus that you speak through me in this moment, in this hour. Set the captives free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We greet you this morning and we just love Jesus. Anybody love Jesus this morning? Anybody just grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Did God wake somebody up this morning? Started you on your way this morning? You got up in your right mind this morning. And we thank God. We bless God. We exalt the name of the Lord this morning. Because he is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. I don't know about you. I was glad. <laughs> I don't know, did you hear that wind last night? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We just thank God, it's just good to be here. Amen, amen. The wind kind of tore some stuff around my house. My husband went out there this morning, he was calling me, but I said, you know what, God, I thank God that we are all here. We're all here in the name of the Lord. And I bless God for all that he's doing. I greet you this morning, and I give God all the honor. I give him the praise and the glory. I bless God for our pastor, would you just bless God for our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Richard. Benjamin Hain and First Lady Beverly Hayes. We thank God for our leadership and I bless God for all of my sisters and brothers in the gospel ministry who share in the work of the Lord. I thank God for allowing, I thank Pastor Hain for allowing me the opportunity just to share the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. And he has entrusted me. This is not something simple. He has entrusted me and I don't take it lightly with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm gonna, just for a moment, walk alongside him as he requested, present a message in the book of Acts this morning. I solicit your prayers. I ask that you would turn with me to the book of Acts, the 19th chapter. Starting with the 16th verse to the 20th verse. Acts 19, 16 through 20. If you have it, say amen. Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on the seven sons of Sceva, overpowered them and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what had happened spread quickly through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city in the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Yeah. 
As we approach the sermonic text, I'm reminded of my favorite show, Andy of Mayberry. I love the episode that's called One Punch Oprah. See, my sister, Sister Linda, we share in that about Andy of Mayberry. That's one of our favorite shows. In this episode, a new boy came to town named Quincy. Quincy moved to Mayberry with the personality of a mini wannabe bad boy attitude and was convincing the other boys, Billy Ray and Carter, who on a good day were pretty mild-mannered boys. These naive youngsters were talked into doing things that they would not have ordinarily done. They started stealing apples and throwing tomatoes from Mr. Foley, the local grocery store owner. Y'all know the story. Opie had planned a fishing trip. On a regular day, the boys would have went with them, but this time they decided to do what Quincy said. But now, somehow, that appeared, what appeared to have a greater authority and influence convinced the boys that we're not going to do what's right. We're going to follow the bad boy today. Bonnie Fife, my friend, <laughs> Bonnie Fife, the deputy sheriff who was constantly on his toes, and always in favor of stopping a problem before it had opportunity to turn into a blazing fire. He wanted to stop the criminal element in Mayberry before it had a chance to do some real damage. So Bonnie, in this episode, confronts Sheriff Andy and said, you know what you need to do with this situation, Andy? You need to nip it <laughs> in the bud. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. As we tag this sermon with nip it in the bud. In this sermonic text, these seven sons of Sceva thought that they had authority to use the name of Jesus. They didn't want a relationship. They just wanted the benefits, the accolades, the showboat, and the end result was not favorable. The audacity of the devil to walk upon God and not know who he is and expect him to respond. God said, you got to be kidding me. I'm about to nip this in the bud. And they got what was coming to them. Not only will they learn an unforgettable lesson, but those that thought they would try it themselves will learn a valuable lesson. See, I'm a mother of three children, two girls and a boy. 
And every now and then, the enemy wanted to ride by my house. And I had to make an example out of one child to make sure the other two. And I don't know who I'm talking about this morning. I ain't preaching about children. But if you don't make an example of one child, and I remember sometimes I had to shut my house down. Wasn't nobody coming in and wasn't nobody going out. We're going to find out who did it and we're going to find out who did it now. There are times when God says enough is enough. You keep saying I'm going to do better. I'm going to church. I'm joining the choir. You know, you said that last illness. If God get me up off this sick bed, I'm going to Bible study. You know that nightclub that you love so much, God burned it to the ground. Because he said enough is enough. That drug dealer got arrested. So when you look for him, God says, no way, enough is enough. Those friends that you thought you couldn't live without, God let them walk away from you. He said, because I'm going to show you that thou shall have no other God before me. He said, I'm a jealous God. In Acts 17.30, Pastor mentioned other weeks ago, therefore God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent, change their old way of thinking, and turn their hearts back to God. The audience. See, there's always an audience. You know what? I find that kids act up really bad when they got an audience. So the sons of Sceva had an audience. And the audience was watching this demonic behavior. And God had to show them that he was supreme ruler. The Bible says that they fled from the house. Naked and bad. That's what the Bible said. Let me tell you a little bit about Ephesus, just in case you don't know. Ephesus was much like Atlanta in a sense. It was a marketplace of Asia Minor. It was known as the treasure house of Asia. The Vanity Fair of times. Ephesus knew the pomp and pageantry of Roman power and Roman justice. Just want to give you just a little bit. It was the center place of sports events. The home of criminals. The temple of Diane, the fertility idol. Possess the right of asylum. Any criminal reaching this area around the temple was safe. 
Ephesus was the center stage, listen to this, of pagan superstition. She was notorious for the display of strange art, satanic spells and charms, called Ephesians letter. People occupied their time in all sorts of evil books and had tutors to instruct them in black magic. These methods guaranteed to bring safety on a journey, to bring children to the childless, to bring success in businesses from all over the world. People came to buy these magic parchments, which they wore as lucky charms. You know what I'm talking about. Like that rabbit foot you carrying around for good luck. I'm going to come down your street today. As well as that four-leaf clover that you got hanging on your refrigerator. Those chain letters you used to send out so you would not have bad luck. I come to tell you this morning that the body of Christ is not lucky. Our lives are not coincidental, but God's divine appointment is ordained in our lives. We are blessed and highly favored and covered by the blood of Jesus. Just a few days ago, this is so disgusting. Just a few days ago, the world watched a fat, jelly belly groundhog crawl out of a hole looking for his shadow to let us know how many more weeks of bad weather we're having. The devil is alive. The devil is a lie. The scripture says, I am God. And besides me, there is none other. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout and provide seed to the sower and bread to the eater, God says, I do that. No Easter Bunny. That ain't my representation for Easter. He can just hop on out of my life. Neither is Santa Claus for Christmas. Some things you gotta put it in its proper perspective. Because of God's judgment and wrath on these imposters, the name of Jesus became more powerful. What the devil meant for evil, God said, I'm about to work this to your good. The result was that many that played church and others that straddled the fence between the world and the church, after 
they saw the sons of Sceva, they came to themselves. The Bible says in verse 17 that the news of what happened spread quickly and a fear came over the whole city. Let me tell you something. Seven men, it only had to be seven. One man run down the street naked. Beaten is newsworthy. See, this wasn't fake news. This was real news. We have, what, 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 what will it take for a godly fear to come upon this nation? We have wars. We got earthquakes. We got floods. We got food shortage. We got high prices. Gun violence out of control. Children out of control. Racial prejudice out of control. A godly fear needs to rest upon these United States. My mom used to tell us this all the time. Don't play with God. You want to play? Go get your game. But God is not to be played with. The event of the Skeever boys shook the very foundation of Ephesus. Sometimes it takes God scaring and hope you don't mind my expression. Scaring the hell out of us. For us to straighten up and fly right. See, that's what you need at your house and my house. The text says that many that believed came and confessed. That's what the Bible says. They came and confessed their sinful practices. See, this is one of those moments where all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Just give me a few more minutes. In this instance, they saw that the malice of the devil whom they served and the power of Christ whom they opposed. They saw that the name of Christ was not to be trifled with. No, his religion compounded with pagan superstition. God was glorified. The name of Jesus was edified by his faithful servant, the Apostle Paul. Because he cast out devils. He cured diseases without any resistance. And God was the more magnified. By exposing the fakery of these sons, the power of the name of Jesus is known not only by the general population, but also is realized by some Christians for the first time. God said, I'm about to wake it up up in here. Many now see hypocrisy, the sin of hanging on to superstition. They were secretly holding on to their old occult practices just in case Jesus didn't work out 
I'm going to keep my rabbit's foot. Some of the saints who had not made a clean break from their former practices are now ready to confess and renounce their evil deeds. Jesus said, come out. Come out from wherever you are. I'm about to go down your street again to our shame. Things have not changed much in modern times. Some who ought to know better can scarcely get out the bed before reading their horoscope. They want to know what's your sign. Are you a Gemini or Aries? Folk won't even date folk that's not under their sign. But they will date folk that don't know Jesus. Help me, somebody. My sign is the blood of Jesus. See, while you checking the psychic line, as a matter of fact, I think Sister Cleo done died. But guess what? Jesus still lives and reigns forevermore. You ask me how I know he lives? Because he lives within my soul. I know you wear those lucky charms under your clothes. My day isn't wrapped up in what my horoscope says, but what God's word says. The first thing I pick up in the morning is the word of God, because it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. God said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Them that keep their minds stay on Jesus. And I know you say, church folk looking at horoscope? Oh my gosh. I know you say, I don't dabble in horoscopes. But guess what? When trouble come, instead of you calling on the name of Jesus, you call everybody else and asking them what you think. If they can fix their lives, what makes you think they can help you with yours? I'm reminded of a story I ran into in 2 King 1, 1 through 7. Israel King Haziah fell through the balcony of an upper room at his palace and was seriously injured. He sent his messengers to the temple of Beelzebub to ask whether he would recover. The angel of the Lord tapped Elijah on the shoulder and said, go confront these messengers and ask them this question. Is there not a God in Israel that you got to go consult the devil? The message came back, and I'm going to make it really short. 
He said, you tell him he's going to die and not live. The next time you think about consulting somebody about your situation, go to 2 Kings, the first chapter. God is enough. Many that believed in Jesus Christ came to the apostle and confessed their sins and acknowledged a wicked life they had led and forsook their formal evil deeds which they were guilty of. The people of Ephesus went one step further. The Message Bible says it like this. Many of those who believed came out of the closet and made a clean break with their secret sorcerers. All kind of witches and warlocks came out of the woodwork with their books of spells and made a large bonfire. Nothing can more definitely show the reality of change than that of burning the items which were so profitable. Those that had been guilty of wicked practices confessed them. Many that had believed were baptized. These confessions were not forced from them. They voluntarily surrendered their lives to the Lord. This morning I ask you as I conclude my message, what do you need to throw in the fire this morning? Do you need to throw your books of astrology, fortune telling, interpreting dreams, predicting false futures, your Ouija boards, your target cards are directly demonic. And yet many Christians think of them as innocent games. I know you said with your chest puffed out, I don't do that. I'm getting ready to bring you closer. Lean in. Just lean in. What about your X-rated movies? Throw it in the fire. Your lustful magazines. Throw it in the fire. Your porn material. Throw it in the fire. Your demonic video games. Come on now. Throw it in the fire. Phone sex line, throw it in the fire. God says this morning, enough is enough. I'm about to nip it in the bud. I know you say that didn't hit me, Reverend Washington. I'm clear about those two. Lean in. Just come a little closer. I hear you saying, I don't have that problem. But what about the way you behave? Let's touch that this morning. The scripture says, what about lying? Throw that in the fire. What about jealousy, envy, backbiting, stealing, tail-bearing, wrath and anger? You might want to throw that in the fire. And every evil work so God can get the glory 
out of your life. See, sometimes we walk in here and we act like it ain't about me. It's about somebody else. You know, there used to be a, um, and I'm not sure what you call, it's, 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 it's a device or a machine that will uh, show you how fast you're going. It's one that used to be one down here on Killian Hill Road as you go up there by them cows. Used to be one sitting right here. And every time you go through there, it would let you know you're going a little bit too fast. And you know what I think would humble the body of Christ? And we had one of those sin sensors in the lobby of the church. So when you went by, it would say, liar. of them. They did not put the temptation in the attic to return to them again when the heat of the present conviction was over. You know, Proverbs 28, 11 says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools return to their folly. See, this sometimes, this is what we do, and we think we're doing people a favor. We'll box it up and take it to the goodwill for it to destroy somebody else's life. Throw that stuff in the trash. Oh, I'm going to give it to my neighbor. If it jacked up your life, why would you want to jack up your neighbor's life? It was therefore the safest thing to do was to throw it in the flames. This morning, if you're in a struggle, and all of us in a struggle, all of us got something. Every one of us got something that so easily besets us. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the knock. I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and harden not his heart, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Understand, I was reading this, understand, there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gift of salvation through Jesus. Adam's sin brought death to us. But Christ's sin, Christ's death, brought a right relationship with God and new life in Christ. Because one person, Adam, disobeyed, many became sinners, but one man's obedience made us all righteous. Jesus said, guess what? I'm going to the cross. Because I'm about to nip this in the bud. Jesus died. He hung on an old rugged cross. Nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. A crown of thorn on his head. He died from the sixth to the ninth hour. 
They took him off that cross and put him in a barn tomb. And on the third day, he got up with all power in his hand. So whatever you're dealing with this morning, nail it to the cross. Because that's a healing. So whatever you brought in here this morning, don't be ashamed to give it to Jesus. I ain't talking about nobody, I'm just saying what I'm saying. Because what you don't realize, and this is a truth, what you don't destroy in your life will raise up and destroy next generation. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Let us stand to our feet. As the doors are Amen. This is the great invitation that Jesus gives to any man. The Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. Now the good news is that in Ephesus, when they heard the message of Jesus, they came and got rid of their sinful practices. The truth about Jesus is he not only covers your sin, he has washed them away. And so you can come, don't, don't, don't put your head down. This is the invitation. Come on, come on, somebody. Just keep me. Come on. The cross. Oh, there's a prayer Invitation Just find Fountain Free The Bible says if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ You will be saved And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved come on somebody give your life to him this morning somebody give your life to him Invitation still there. Oh, in 
come on. where your weary soul can find respite you're invited here to the Salem Baptist Church this is one of God's great church families and if you need a covering of other believers and a community of faith around you you can also come And if you're looking for a home this is a wonderful home to find amen so come on somebody Amen. You may be seated. So shall find, I'll find rest beyond the church two months ago I came up here to give you all thanks for your prayers and your words of encouragement today I stand here to give testimony that for seven months I went through chemo treatment I completed chemo treatment on Friday I rang that bell and it was the greatest feeling because God kept me he brought me through a heart attack he brought me through five blood transfusions, and he is still keeping me. Amen. He is amen. preparing my body now to go through surgery. I had a blood test to show that if there was any more cancer left in my body. Praise the Lord. I have no cancer left in my body, and the chances of me having a reoccurrence and a relapse is zero. So I stand here today thanking everybody for your prayers, for your support, for your words of encouragement. There's a few people here that I would like to personally thank, if I may, and I would like for you to come up as I call your name. Give me one second. event that somebody is wondering what is going on testimony is always in order and so also is giving and we want to praise God for our sister's testimony 
And now she brings gifts to those who struggle through. Amen. Amen. Sister Veronica Crawford. Sister Linda Reeves. Reverend Chandra Banks. My dear sister Ken Temple. There's others, but they're not here today. And I want to give a special thank you. She's not here. Mother LaCola, who has been my caregiver through this whole journey. She is here. I just want to say that throughout the whole journey, Kelly has encouraged us. I'll call her my hallelujah anyhow. No matter what she's going through, she still have a prayer and a blessing for you. And I'm just happy. I'm so happy to hear this news. Give God praise. Give God praise. the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his Thank holy name. Thank for sharing her with me. Bless his Thank holy name. Thank you and God bless you all. Amen. Continue to pray for me as I go through my surgery and radiation. Amen. Amen. Just further that testimony, many, many Wednesday nights, as part of church staff and I'm, I'm, I'm with the Bible study on Wednesday nights and it has been a joy because Sister Kelly you, you can't tell what she's been through every Wednesday night she is in Bible study and you can hear the smile in her voice and I thank God for somebody with a testimony who's going through because it's going to help somebody else in here Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, there's a God who we serve that will carry you while you are going through. And so we thank you, Sister Kelly. We thank you for your testimony. We thank you. Amen. Can you give God praise for Reverend Sister Georgina? Give God praise for his word. Amen. 
You know, I've learned in preaching, if you're preaching right every week, you ain't going to shout. If you're preaching right, sometimes you got to go out with a, I need to do better in my life, Lord. And that's what kind of text this was today. And my prayer is somebody's got help by this text. Somebody is going to put away some things, some childish things that we deal with. Amen. Amen. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. But I thank God. Because the word of God is a refiner's fire. And I thank God it has refined us today. Amen. Amen. Just a few notes. Just want to let you know too that, that, that Pastor Haynes is fine. But he has need of a little rest. And I thank God. So we want to pray for our pastor. Pray for first lady. Pray for them right now. They're, they're, they're doing well. I want to let, he wanted to let you know you. he's doing well. Everything is fine. But God sent Georgina Washington here today for us. Amen. Amen. Thank God. I want to praise God for all of you. Praise God and continue to pray for members in our family who are dealing with sickness and also dealing with uh, death and the bereavement of death. And just pray. We've had uh, many of leave us in the last few weeks, but God is still good and he's still on the throne. And we want to thank God and pray for those families. Um, some good news in the house is that the 26th of February, this coming 26th of February, will be the dedication of Heritage Hall. Amen. Amen. I can't wait till you are able to see what God is doing at Heritage Hall. And I thank God that's on the 26th, that's Sunday, and it will be immediately following the worship experience. Uh, Sailor members are invited uh, to this, uh, with this ribbon cutting ceremony on that morning. Um, this is our uh, kickoff month, monthly events leading up to the culmination of our celebration in October concerning Heritage Hall. Uh, a light reception and self-guided tour will follow the dedication and ribbon cutting. Amen. 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 Just want to thank God for all of you. I want to thank God continually for your giving. Understand this, that when you give to the local church, you give to the kingdom of God. Somebody is being helped every single week. We feed families here at Salem Church every single week. We visit the sick every single week. We help those who deal with bereavement. So we thank God for your giving and the ministry of giving. And we continue to ask that you continue to be a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. Just want to thank God for all of you. Uh, remain safe as we leave the building. Whatever exit you go out, just go out and fellowship in on the parking lot. Amen. Amen. Just stand to your feet. God be with us till we meet again.
God, may he be with you. May God be with you until we meet again. Now unto him who is able. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Keep us from stumbling and to present us blameless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, be majesty, be dominion and authority, and may it be now, henceforth, and forevermore. And the people of God say, Amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.